hello and welcome to Shoe Talk. I'm Thomas coming to you from the rockin' lazy pee in beautiful Nampa, Idaho, and I'm so glad you're riding shotgun with me today. Today's Shoe Talk is sponsored by Canyon West Guitars in downtown Nampa, Idaho. Since 2011, Canyon West has been dedicated to providing you the best possible options in musical instruments, instrument repairs and setups, and individualized private lessons because you rock and we'll help you prove it. My guest today came to rodeo from among the jackrabbits and sagebrush in northern Nevada to start riding bucking horses at what some would call the old age of 21 and quickly set his sights high. As a member of the prestigious College of Southern Idaho rodeo team, he was a three-time college national finals rodeo contestant, and it only got better from there. I'm privileged to welcome to Shoot Talk today a national finals rodeo qualifying saddle bronc rider from Twin Falls, Idaho, Mitch Pollock. Mitch, how are you? Good. Thank you. I'm finally finally on the show. Yeah, we made it work. You on the road today? What's going on? So uh, I just got done uh, working with the Caldwell Night Rodeo yesterday. Um, did some uh, some talks with some some uh, students today in Middleton, and now I'm headed back home to to get things all taken care of, and then head back for a, a rodeo school uh, that I'm going to be putting on tomorrow in uh, in Caldwell at uh, Gene King's facility over there. This is awesome. This new ambassador program that Caldwell's putting on is really taken off and it's letting you guys get some unique opportunities. Uh, what's what's that ambassador program like for you and these opportunities that you get now to go into schools and do different things and represent rodeo that way? I, I absolutely love it. One, uh, while we're traveling, down the road exactly where we're at what we're doing how our season is and that's something that the caldwell night rodeo is is helping us with uh they post our schedules they're trying to tell our stories uh they're they're creating a fan base for us so when we make it to the finals we have we have fans that have been following us uh, and i think it's absolutely amazing what the caldwell night rodeo uh has been doing so let's Talk about that as you've been on the road. Uh, we discussed a little bit yesterday at a photo shoot. Your winter run's been going pretty well for you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been slow. Uh, I you all you could win more money, but I can't complain. I've been to you know fifteen road winner and have won money at a good majority of those rodeos. And if you can do that consistently through throughout a full year, you're gonna have a you're going to have a positive outcome and and that outcome is to, to make the finals and uh, you just got to give yourself a chance. There's going to be slow times throughout the year, uh, but you just got to keep grinding and keep pushing. And, and hopefully when October 1st comes, you're inside that top 15. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's one thing, there are two things that people say about you. Uh, one about you as a person and then, you know, things I consistently hear the other thing about you as a contestant as a person, everybody just says, Mitch is such a nice guy. I'll never forget when you made that NFR qualification talking with Hank Franzen, and he was just so happy for you. But as a contestant, what everybody says about you is you are consistent, that you are a consistent rider, which is interesting. Like you did come to rodeo. You came to bronc riding a little bit late. Uh, you were a baseball player and came to this from a different how is it that you came to rodeo and were able to be so consistent without having that background in bronc riding um i, I think it's i grew up 
being an athlete. I mean, I, I did every sport there was. I was in gymnastics when I was little. I did soccer, football, baseball, wrestling, basketball. I mean, you name it. And I think being an athlete is is really important. And I think that's why I caught on to bronc riding. I did come from an agricultural lifestyle. Uh, my grandpa had a ranch, both sides of my family ranch. So uh, it's not like I was some stranger to horses. Uh, and I junior rodeoed. And, and I, I always wanted to become a bronc rider, but it wasn't until uh, I had shoulder surgery at the age of 20. And, and, and I kind of saw and it just happened to work out. Funny how things, you know, work out like that. I was right next door uh, at the at the CSI baseball field looking across the the street at the csi expo center and watching the rodeo kids practice and i just thought to myself man if i'm going to do this i gotta do it now and and i took the person like who is this baseball kid he's never been on one he's 21 years old like that you don't see that much but they were able to to give me a chance and an opportunity and and they saw that i was going to put in the work ethic and it, it's it's paid off and and i'm still learning every single day every every single rodeo i go to i'm learning i'm trying to be the best i can i'm taking you know i watch a lot of videos of, of great bronc riders now great bronc riders uh in the past and i'm just trying to to really craft something that when i'm done bronc riding you know people i, I want when i'm done bronc riding i want people to say yeah man what a what a great bronc rider but also what a great great person what a great human and and that's what i really want to leave on the sport rodeos changed so substantially the advantages that today's rodeo athletes have over rodeo athletes of the past i mean casey tibbs couldn't watch film of the horses that he was gonna ride casey tibbs couldn't go on youtube and check out the styles of different people. So I, I think the leg up that many of today's rodeo contestants have is great, which also in the the contrast to that, the stock is so awesome that everybody needs some help on that. But as far as this education goes, you know, you're gonna be putting on this clinic. This is just a substantially changed game these days. Oh yeah, I mean, look at the progression we've had in our sport. I mean, if you're inside the top 50 and, and I'm going to be talking bronc riding, but I mean, every rodeo event is getting better and better every single year. We're seeing new young rodeo athletes making it into the top 15, into the top 25 every year. And you're like, where did this kid come from? And it's because our, the rodeo world is progressing so fast. And, and nowadays, if you look back at the old rodeo cowboy, they went to work, they drank beer, smoked cigarettes, and and they went to a rodeo and got on on uh, bucking horses. Nowadays, you you have to stay in shape if you want to compete with these guys. I mean, we're not bodybuilders by any means, but we want to be in the best shape that we can be, so we can have the fastest speed. We if we have to get on re rides, we can get on re rides. And at the end of the day, if you want to make the finals, your body has to has to be in the best shape possible and that's the same with the bucking horses you look at the bucking horses now they're 1800 pounds 1500 pounds of just they are rock hard they those stock contractors are exercising them they're feeding they're on feed programs the breeding programs are phenomenal it's it's amazing what our industry is doing right now 
and it's only going to get better. And that's what's so exciting. And that's why I want to take such good care of my body and try and prolong my career. I do. I want to ride till I'm 50 years old. No, I'll ride till to the day that, that I think that, man, I'm not really getting that itch, that excitement out of it. That's when I know I'll, I'll hang it up. But, but now I'm, I'm going to be 30 in April and I feel like I'm just starting to hit my prime in bronc riding. So if I can ride till I'm 37, 38 years old and I'm still healthy and I'm still competing, I don't see why not. And it's going to get better and better every year. Yeah. The extended careers of all rodeo athletes, but even uh, rough stock athletes, which used to just beat you up and send you down the road while you were still a kid. Uh, that's become something. It's it's kind of funny. You say uh, you got all these young people and uh, you say, where'd he come from? And yeah, it seems like the only uh, alternative to that is if they say he came from Milford, Utah, <laughs> but by the same token, <laughs> um, by the same token, now you, you're going to have this clinic this weekend uh, with these kids. And by the way, I think that the clinic program and the educational opportunities for young people are making rodeo better and better every single year. As you're putting this on, uh, what are some of the things that you highlight for these young people uh, who are going to be getting on bucking horses? So I really want to stick to the basics. I mean, we see a lot of kids nowadays, they're thrown to the wolves. They're like, all right, here you go. Here's your bucking horse. And a lot of these kids don't know how to saddle them properly. They don't know where their saddle's supposed to sit on a bucking horse. They don't know how to take uh, the right rein measurement. They, they're, there's a lot to go into riding Bronx, but at the same time, you got to keep things simple. And if I can really slow their mind down, they're going to catch on to the, to the event so much faster. And they're going to become Bronx riders so much faster. And it's simple, simple things that we really, at that age, things are happening really, really fast when you get on a bucking horse. But if we can get on a bucking machine, and Kelly Wardell has, to me, the best bucking machine out there. And not a lot of guys have been on it, but it is the most realistic bucking machine that I have been on. And, and it's, it's all there. It is all there. If you're not doing those basic things, right, it's going to buck you off. And I really just want them to get those, those basics down before we just throw them, throw them on a bucking horse. And then when we do put them on a bucking horse, I want to put them on something that's not going to car kill them and scare them. I think yeah. that's where uh, a lot of kids are going wrong. They're just going to these rodeos and getting on stuff that they don't they don't belong on, and it's not helping them at all. So we're going to stick to the basics, and I'm fundamentally we're going to break them down and make them do these things right before we progress them. Yeah, I like that in the novice programs that we've really kind of turned this corner on providing young people with the uh, stock that's not going to kill them and let them uh, get into this position. It wasn't that many years ago, and I, there's still some of this around. The stock contractor would be just, well, you know, when I was that age, uh, they would put us on whatever. They'd put us on the canners. They'd put us on the, it didn't matter. Just run one in, get in there and go. But I, I think a respect for the sport and a respect for the durability of these athletes really calls for us to pay more attention to providing stock that these kids can learn on so that when they do get on something that really goes 
uh, they have an opportunity to make something of themselves and to get the best out of the horse. Right, right. And there's a time and place for for a kid that, you know, he's been all right. He's been on 50 horses. Uh, he needs to know how to saddle a colt that's in the buck and shoot. Uh, he needs to know how to, to handle certain situations. Um, but like I said, it's a time and a place. Like, I don't think it's right to just, well, this is how they're going to learn. We're going to put them on whatever. No, it, this sport happens so fast and you have to be able to, to let your subconscious take over. And if you're teaching your subconscious bad habits, how are you supposed to get any better? You're not. And, and I know some of the old timers might disagree with me, but, and that's fine. They have an opinion and I have an opinion, but this is how I had so much success because of the way my coaches helped me. And so I'm trying to do the same thing that they did. They saw me progress. So they put me on horses that they knew I could handle. And I'm going to do the same thing. If I don't feel come tomorrow and Saturday, if the kid is struggling on the bucket machine, how is he going to get anything out of getting on a bucket? He's not. So we have to, we have to slow things down. We have to make sure they're, they're ready. And if you look at Cody, Wright, And he's done the best job of anybody. I mean, he's got four boys that are outstanding bronc riders. Um, Look how he did it. He didn't just throw them on whatever. I mean, he's pretty pretty critical on, all right, are they strong enough? Is their body ready to handle that? How do they ride the bucking machine? Are they riding a spur board? I mean, if once they're doing those things right, then we'll put them on a nice horse. And, and when I say a nice horse, just one to fart around, and then he'll progress them. All right, he's marking them out right. He's keeping the shoulders back. He's lifting Let's get them on something something better. And that's how I'm going to go about teaching my kids one day when I have kids and when I go to these schools. I was photographing a clinic. Uh, this was a few years ago. I don't remember. Uh, some kid comes out and gets chewed up pretty quick. And it, it was kind of funny because I was, I was up behind the chutes doing this. And he came back around. One of the coaches there said, uh, you know, what happened? I, I think I gave him too much rain. And he said, what would have prevented that? I I don't know. And he said, if you'd have asked me before you nodded your head, if you'd have asked me before you got down in there, I would have told you to give him less. You know, so I think that speaks to what you're saying about just slowing it down, making sure that everything's in place. Because, you know, even for you uh, coming at it as someone older and more mature, there had to be obstacles Very much in so. your way as well, you know, getting into bronc riding. Yep. I'm just glad I don't have to do it today. Man, I, I, I would not want to rodeo today with the level of both contestants and stock. Rodeo is bigger, faster, stronger. It is absolutely crazy now just how good professional rodeo is. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing, man. Uh, I mean, a lot of athletes, um, and, and I'm just talking for the bronc riding right now. Like I said, if you're inside the top 50 in the bronc riding, you're doing it. And, and it comes down to how well you draw, how hot you get, because some guys get on a hot streak and, and they can't do anything wrong. If they get on a horse that might not buck, it's going to buck with them. It's it's just, there's a lot of factors that come into play, but uh, it is 
I love watching the Broncos riding and even the bareback riding right now because it is so good. You go out and watch a short round to San Antonio, you your heart is pumping. You are excited. You are ready to go. You're like, run them right underneath me right now. I'm, I'm ready to go. And and that's what I love. I mean, when, when an 88 doesn't pull a check in a short round, <laughs> that just yeah. shows you how good the bucking horses are and how good the bucking horse riders are. Who are some of the other, so I got outside of bronc riding, who are some of the other pro rodeo athletes that you're really enjoying watching right now? Uh, well, it's it's hard. Not Richie Champion coming back from, you know, he, he had an injury last year. He's now all year last year. He comes back. He looks healthy. He looks strong. He's riding great. Um, Keenan Hayes, uh, he's a young kid, a bareback rider that has just come. I mean, we all knew him last year because, he won over a hundred thousand dollars on his permit. So, uh, when you do something like that, yeah, you're going to stick out. Uh, Ooh, let's, let's talk Bronc riding. Let's see. Uh, there's some cute, uh, Q Taylor. He's a Canadian kid. Uh, outstanding Bronc rider. Um, you have, Oh gosh. Who, who else? There's, there's so many good Bronc riders right now. I love, I mean, rider Stetson, Zeke, uh, Sage Newman. Look at Sage Newman. Uh, you know, three years ago, he doesn't win any money in the winter run. I mean, not one. He didn't go to one winter rodeo, and then all of a sudden, he goes. He gets on a hot streak and he makes the finals. That's how fast a, a year can turn. You know, it, it can turn around with a snap of the fingers, and then you get so hot, it don't matter what you're doing. You could get on backwards and still win. Yeah, the top fifteen in the bronc riding now. The the top thirty in the bronc riding now is an absolute murderer's row. Well, and I think that's what makes it so good because we're all wanting to, like, I love to be in that mix because it just makes you want to be that much better, right? And especially say you're first out, you set the tone, you're 88, and then those guys are chasing you. And then it's, and then it's nerve wracking at the same point because then you're like, oh man, they probably just watched that ride. So it pumped them up. And now they're going to go out and they're shooting shoot to beat C990. And the cool thing is we all we all love watching great bucking horses and great uh, bronc rides. So when someone goes out there and they're 92, it does nothing but pump me up. And at the d- end of the day, we're not competing against each other. All we can do is take care of business on our horse. That's a fact. You know, is, is our horse going to perform? If our horse performs, then I have to perform. Did I do everything I could to make that horse great? But I, I just there's something about bucking horses that it just gets me going. Like I think about bucking horses every single day, every single day. I'm thinking about bucking horses. So this concept of taking these young people and bringing them uh, up to a point where they're at a level of competency. Let's talk about what it takes then to get from being a good bronc rider to a great bronc rider. Confidence. Where do we cross that line? Confidence. It's all about confidence. And if you can build that confidence, it, it doesn't matter whether you're riding against five world champions in a performance or you're at an amateur rodeo. If you have the confidence and you believe in yourself and you have prepared yourself the right way, you can honestly you can beat anybody. You can beat anybody. But at the same time, you can beat yourself too. It's uh, this this sport of rodeo is, is a huge mind game. And if you can control your mind and you can let your subconscious take over 
and let it react to what you have provided for it, it then it becomes easy. And that's what will, will give you confidence. Knowing that I've done everything to prepare myself for this rodeo, I just have to let my subconscious take over, muscle memory take over, then it, then it becomes easy. Confidence in your, your saddle, confidence in your ability, confidence in the horse. When you have confidence in all of those aspects, you're going to win. It might not be first because at the same time, that's in the judge's hands, right? So as long as you do the best you can, horse has a good trip, let the cards fall where they may. And you might, you might win first, you might win eight towards that gold buckle. Sometimes I think, you know, that confidence, you'll hear this a lot about the arrogance of rodeo athletes or the cockiness of rodeo athletes sometimes. And even the nicest guys will sometimes get pegged at that. And I think the confidence gets taken sometimes for the arrogance, but you have to have you have to have confidence. a view of yourself. Yeah, if you're going to like bull riders get the get get this all the time, but you have to have utter and complete faith in yourself when you get down there and put your hand in that rope that you have what it takes to not get killed in the next twenty seconds or so. Yeah, we're not going to show up to these rodeos thinking we're going to win second. No, we're going to win first. That's why we're there. We're there to win. We're there to take that money home, put it in our bank account, support our family. And I wouldn't be entering if I didn't think I could win every single time. Sometimes, you know, you get on a little roll. And, and, but at the same time, rodeo is humbling. So you could be on a pretty hot roll, think you're unstoppable. And then all of a sudden, you're, uh, you're right in the dirt and you're scratching your head saying that was pretty fast. That's what I love about rodeo. It's such a humbling sport, too. And, and what comes around goes around. So, I mean, confidence is key. And and you name one athlete, I don't care what sport it is, winners win. And, and you're going to have to have that confidence if you want to be a winner. And confidence is only developed by continuing to do a good job. So yes. it's, it's a big, long progression of things. So I think everybody wants that. Give me the instant make me a great bronc rider pill. Give me the instant, you know, oh, yeah. what's it going to take to become a better roper pill, but it doesn't work that way. No, no. no. They, they think there's some sort of magical solution to things. No, it's it's called time, effort, and and a lot more time. You know, I run into this in my job. I get people all the time that ask me, you know, what are your settings? I'm very, very happy to help other photographers uh, work through the process of shooting rodeo because it's different from every other type of photography. But some come with the approach that if I can just find out which knobs he's turning, you know, which dials he's putting in which direction on the back of his camera, I'm going to be able to do that. It just doesn't work that way, and it doesn't work that way in any of life. The first rodeo I shot, do you know how many good shots? I, I was doing it on an assignment on a media pass outside the outside the fence there. I got one good shot on the night. One. Well, you have to be uh, knowledgeable. I just did not know enough horse. what I was doing. Yeah, you, you have to mm -hmm. know when a bucking horse kicks. You know, when a, when a calf rope is getting off. Uh, wrestler when they're about to you know throw that left hand up and and, and turn them i mean there's, there's so many and it happens a blink of an eye and if you're too late 
you're too late and you're not going to get another shot. That's exactly right. And I just didn't know my way around the actual camera. I understood the process of what was happening out on the dirt. I just didn't under literally didn't understand the the machine in my hand well enough. And it took a lot of time and work. Yeah. And there's people that understand the machine. Right. Yeah. And then they come into into the, the Western rodeo lifestyle, but they don't understand how that works. So it takes two. I mean, you you have to. You, you have to have, have a mind for both, both sides of it. Well, I tell you what, it's a crazy job, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I absolutely love it. <laughs> if Right right back at you, man. If if you weren't riding Bronx, what else would you be doing in a rodeo arena? Probably riding bareback horses. <laughs> man, that looks like punishment. Yeah, yes. Nothing about that looks enjoyable to me at all. No, I've gotten on two of them, and... I mean, I got some pretty cool pictures from it, but it takes a different breed and, and I'm a little, a little wound up, uh, but I'm just glad I don't have to put my hand in a rig in every single, single day for a hundred rodeos out of a year to make a living. I like sitting in a Bronx saddle, lifting on a Bronx rain. I think my career, my career will uh, last uh, a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor bills will be a lot less. Yeah. So I, I think you made a, I think you made a wise choice. My wife thinks that too. I mean, Hey, that, that can take a toll. I mean, no matter what you're doing in rodeo, it can take a toll, but I think that bareback more than anything, that's really a predominant effect. So, yep. but you know, good for those guys. Yep. So Mitch, it's come around to the part of the show where I ask you the question that I ask every guest on shoot talk. And that's this. What's one thing that you wish people knew about rodeo or bronc riding in your case, whether it's a misconception or just something that you don't think people see from the outside? What's one thing that you wish people knew about rodeo? There's actually two things. Uh, And I'll start with the first one being how well we take care of our livestock and animals. Uh, You know, we get betrayed as harmful and cruel people. What we're doing to these animals. That's not what we're doing to these animals. We we take such good care of these animals. We grain them every day. Um, they're getting proper nutrition. They're getting exercise. We treat them just like humans. And and so many people, they see it totally wrong. The other being, we're one of the last blue-collar sports out there. We pay. So for us to be able to make it a full year and rodeo hard and go to 100 rodeos and make a living, I think it's pretty impressive. Do I think we're getting paid enough? No. Not. We're getting on hurt. We're getting on sore, uh, but we have to because if we don't, we're not bringing home a paycheck. And and a lot of people think we have a contract or anything like that. No, we go out. You know, we have sponsors which which help in those rough times. But when you're starting, it's all on yourself. You got to believe in yourself, and uh, that's that's what it takes to make it in the rodeo world. Yeah, it's a wild and. An absolutely crazy lifestyle. It's it's not just a sport. You're not just a an, an athlete. It's literally a lifestyle that you put on, and you get to pay to go do from place to place. And you're in rodeo. Yep. You don't you don't even get to enjoy the the process sometimes of being at the rodeo. You know, most bareback riders don't even get to see the bull riding. They don't even know what bull riding looks like anymore. It's a it's a lifestyle. Yeah, and that's something this year that I have really tried. Every event, every venue I go to, I'm trying to take it all in because I'm getting older every year. You know, I'm not getting younger. 
So one day, I'm not going to be able to go to NRG Stadium and listen to 80,000 people scream for me. And so I'm just trying to take in every single rodeo and slow everything down and really just appreciate what I get to do for a living. Uh, because not everybody gets to do that. Good words of wisdom for all rodeo contestants to, to live by. Enjoy the process. Yep. yep. Enjoy the process. So as you're out there doing that, where can folks follow you online? Yeah. Uh, so I have a, a Instagram and a Facebook. Uh, I post all the time. You know, I, I try and post about my sponsors and, and, you know, we give schedule updates and just, and when I'm home, I like to show people that I do have a normal life. When I get home, I, uh, I've got a, a little cow herd. I like to farm a little. My wife is a nurse. We're very outdoorsy people. So, so I put that on my social media too. So it's just not all rodeo at the same time, but yeah, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. And then whenever you see me running around the rodeo arena, don't be, uh, don't be afraid to say hi. He's got the best mustache going. So he's pretty easy to spot folks. Oh, there, there are a lot of mustaches out there. Mine's just a little darker than most. Uh, enjoy it while it's dark. Yeah. A little bit of salt and pepper action. Huh? There, there you go. Well, I'm so glad we got to make this happen. And, uh, Thanks for taking the time and finding a spot. I appreciate you. I appreciate the way that you're putting so much out now into the lives of young people and being an ambassador for rodeo around. And, you know, I'm just glad you took the time and thanks for coming and being on the show today. Uh, I I, uh, I appreciate your support. and I appreciate all the pictures you take of me. And uh, I try and make your job a lot easier. So if I'm not turning my toes out, don't be afraid to holler at me and say, hey, turn your hey, turn your toes out because you're ruining a good picture here. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate the pictures you take and everything you do for our sport. Well, thanks. That, that means an awful lot to me. I'll catch up with you at the next one. All righty. Well, thank you, Thomas. Friends, if you want to help make Shoot Talk the best that it can be, I wonder if you'd recommend it to your friends on social media. You can also leave a review and punch up some stars if you consider that. You can think about becoming a sponsor of the show, and you can help promote rodeo by purchasing your prints or a copy of my book, Beyond the Tiara, Real Life Rodeo Queens. All that's available at my website, tduncanphoto.com. And finally, friends, I'd have you remember this, that there are no surplus people on Earth, and you are here for a reason. You are important, loved, valued and necessary we weren't put on earth to ride alone so if you do one thing please let it be this take care of each other i'm thomas and this is shoot talk (laughs) 